welcome to the Just Bloody Post-It podcast, conversations with people who are running a brilliant personal brand or business on the internet, often both actually. does it say when you keep inviting therapists onto your show? It must reflect who I'm following, what I'm engaged with and what I need at the moment. I hope it works for you too because this week, rather wonderfully, psychotherapist, best-selling author, mum and supporter of mums, Anna Martha's here, talking about how it's okay, it's so okay to lose followers on Instagram. I actually don't mind it because I think, right, either those 500 people that have gone this week, I'm not for them, or they don't need this anymore, or they're not in a place where they want it, or actually I'm just annoying because I'm not their cup of tea. <laughs> and and I just think it's just, you know, people are coming and going. Anna has created a beautiful healing community on her Instagram account, sharing posts that start the conversation about how you're really feeling and what's really going on rather than what we see in our best pictures. She's got 160,000 followers there. Whoa. So we chat about whether that brings pressure, how it started out with her sharing pictures of tiles. I just love the stuff she says about not caring about some people not liking you. And first I asked her why I, we might be seeking out therapeutic conversations at the moment. I just think the last couple of years have been stressful, overwhelming, traumatic, spurred kind of grief in so many different ways. I'm not talking about kind of loss necessarily of family members, although that's definitely there too, but actually just loss of normality. And I and I feel like for me, for example, work and social media was a place to go to in the pandemic, like at least in my mind or in my focus. So I really used that as an escape and I think now the world has opened up we're kind of starting to realize the coping mechanisms that perhaps we had to put in place it's just purely ways of making it through I think it's so easy to kind of berate and criticize ourselves for things that we reached for and I was um, listening to a podcast earlier when I was in the car on the way back from the dentist and they were talking about alcoholism for example and how there is there's been more kind of alcohol related deaths than ever because people have just been reaching for things to to give them that sense of escape so I feel like so many of us recognize that we've reached for you know social media as our kind of escape into other people's lives it gives that and work gives us that sense of kind of almost physically mentally emotionally going somewhere else when we actually haven't been able to so it's given us something but in the process I think those those boundaries those everything's just become so much more blurred and merged and as the world is opening up again we're starting to realize that actually those were coping mechanisms and they can't be ways of life for us they don't work for us anymore they're not serving us in the same way we don't need them in the same way but they can be hard to stop because they they all become often so habitual and have kind of addiction is an element of addiction to many of these things so I think yeah, we would all benefit from some really kind of therapeutic, compassionate, kind conversations around where we're at and what we've been reaching for and what we need now and how that might have changed. Yeah, how to reset. I feel that 100%. How am I going to reset and get back on track? I reached for all those crutches that you mentioned, work, food, 
In fact, you didn't mention food, but I definitely reached for food, mm. alcohol, phone, all of those things. And then you do think, actually, this is not me. I've got to take these tracksuit bottoms off now. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have to have wine every evening. And we have to make all the changes again. I was reading your website and it says something that I'd love you to speak to a bit more. Psychoeducation is a big passion of Anna's as she believes that knowing yourself and understanding your thoughts and feelings is a huge part of enabling change. What's your mm. mission, Anna? Is that it? Yeah, do you know what? I didn't even know psychoeducation was a word, but you know when you read something and you're like, oh my goodness, that is what I do. And basically, to go back a little bit, I trained as a therapist, just, I did a psychology degree and then you have to do kind of loads of further training um, just after we got married in 2009, when I was very little, I was 24. When we got married, Taryn was 23. I'm an older, older wife. And I um, I started training as a psychotherapist. And I loved, I've always been passionate about psychology. My mum is also a therapist. And I absolutely loved sitting in a room with people and imparting these tools and these techniques and these insights and helping them kind of just peel things back a little bit. Because I think so often our first response is to be critical, is to get frustrated with ourselves. Oh, why do I do that? Why can't I stop doing that? Why do I always have this dynamic in relationships? Why is that always a challenge for me? But actually, often when we start peeling away the layers and we start kind of shining a light on some of those things, we can understand and find a bit of compassion for ourselves. And then we get out of the shame because shame can't exist in the light of compassion. And then we become a bit more mobile and able to start addressing things and that's essentially what I would do in the therapy room and I, I've always done kind of I've always loved public speaking I've done it in lots of different contexts kind of mostly in church-based context with women talking to them about kind of confidence and self-esteem and worth and then when I downloaded social media I'm trying to think it must have been 2017 I downloaded Instagram with the intention of bringing your work to a wider audience? Absolutely not. Oh, no okay. Way. No, <laughs> no way. It's, I mean, we can talk about how this all came about, but ultimately I downloaded social media because my middle child had silent reflux. I was awake a lot. I mean, some of my days would begin at midnight and end at 11pm the next night. So at some nights I got 45 minutes sleep. And I found so much comfort in scrolling through these other experiences of mums. And I think some of the first people I followed were, gosh, now I'm trying to think like the unmumsy mum and people who just, Sarah, yeah, Sarah Turner and people who were just start a bit more honest about, just really honest about motherhood. And I found so much comfort in those nights of just scrolling through these images and these words and I wanted to get inspiration for moving into a new build house, which was like this lovely white box. And I, and I wanted to paint it and I didn't know what colours. So that's, that's another reason I kind of engaged in social media, really, was for inspiration and the nice pictures of people's houses. So was it, was it these women, these mums that made you think, actually, I think I've got something to offer here. I think I've got something to say. No, so I was following all of these mums, reading all their words, and then we got an offer accepted on a new build house. And I started engaging in 
There is a community for everything on Instagram. There is this whole community of new build, people moving into new builds and sharing how they're decorating it and sharing the builds and, and you know, showing different stages of it. And ours, when we first saw it, was kind of, you know, a bit of a shell. I don't think it had electricity. So we'd go and visit it, sneak in the back door, have a look what had gone on that week because it was just down the road from my little cottage where we were living. So I was following all of these new build people on social media and getting this inspiration because I didn't want to bore my friends with so many screenshots of tiles. And... I think we moved into the house and I remember doing an Instagram live because I love doing that. I love talking to people. You know, I was this kind of new mum second time round who had gone through this really isolating experience of kind of reflux and postnatal depression. And I loved the fact that it was always busy on there. There were always people on there and there was always something different to look at and read and someone else to talk to. So I remember doing an Instagram live one day and just showing these people who had been following my journey as I had been following theirs around the house um, and showing them some of the things that they'd inspired me to do. And I remember so clearly someone saying, Anna, what do you actually, like, what do you actually do? I think I had about 5,000 followers at this point. And I said, oh, I'm a psychotherapist. And then they started asking me questions about, oh, I've got anxiety. You know, do you have any tips for me? And I started, well, I, actually, I, I do have tips for you. And I, I, I'm a really passionate communicator. So I just started sharing some of these tools that I would use in the therapy room. And then I think I would still, I'd share this interior. So I was called, get this, New Build Interiors Scrapbook. Um, <laughs> that was my Instagram name. It didn't change to Anna Martha until a long time. Then I was, then I was, mama's scrapbook when I started sharing a bit about motherhood because I didn't share anything about motherhood on there and yeah so they started asking me questions around mental health and I thought man I just I miss talking about mental health I love talking about mental health I hadn't seen a client for kind of a year um, and then I started doing these kind of mental health lives every week or two where I'd say oh I'm doing a mental health live tonight I'm going to share some tips and thoughts on both my own personal experience and also my professional knowledge and then it became a thing that I would do these mental health lives amongst all of my house lamps and my painting rooms. And and I remember specifically writing a post about anxiety and thinking, oh, gosh, this is like going to be so jarring. All of my stuff is about interiors. And now I'm putting a post about anxiety. It just went really well. People found it really helpful. And I've always loved writing. I've got bits of books that I've written since I was a teenager on my, you know, in, in notebooks and on laptops. And I would just write and post bits and pieces. It was a kind of a very slow evolution of becoming more confident of using that space for that and less so. Because to be honest, I love doing the interiors of my house, but now they're done. I'm not one of these people then to kind of keep buying stuff and keep changing stuff. No rooms kind of really changed since we first decorated it. So I no, ne- I no longer needed to use my instagram for that you know how long could i string out different angles of different rooms <laughs> and the audience or you're following your community they showed you they showed you the way i love those kind of instagram accounts where actually it wasn't like right i i've arrived to tell you something no. i've done a thing i've made a thing and actually it's through the conversations with your people and just maybe like putting something very honest out there and realizing mm. that 
lots of other people feel the same way, have the same experience. You can really find your niche, your your space. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, like people left in droves. Um, even now, I, I looked at my stats the other day, which I rarely, to be honest, I rarely ever do. I've had periods in the last kind of however many years where I've become really like worried about, oh, am I doing the right thing? Am I sharing the right stuff? Do people not like this? Am I doing too much? Am I talking too much, too little? Not about the right stuff. And it's so easy to become kind of fixated on those ever-moving stats as a bar of whether you're doing it right or not. But I looked the other day, and I think this is fairly consistent. I lose half the amount of people that I gain. So I think I generally lose about 500 followers a week. But so I gained lit- a thousand. Literally <laughs> two steps forward, one step back. Yeah, but you know what? Literally. I think I, I think I've, I imagine it's the same thing. I can't I can't look at that. I can't look at people that leave. I just like what what purpose does it serve to be to be even kind of, you know, looking at that stuff? I think Do you know what? I actually I would say to reframe that slightly, I actually don't mind it because I think, right, either those five hundred people that have gone this week, I'm not for them or they don't need this anymore, or they're not in a place where they want it, or actually I'm just annoying because I'm not their cup of tea. <laughs> and and I just think it's just always refining, or, you know, people are coming and going. Like you were saying, like, for a while, for a moment in time, the house stuff was super all you were thinking about, but then you moved away from that. And it could be the same thing with somebody's mental health, or the kids have got a bit older and they're not in that place. And You know, that people have their own reasons why you're not for them anymore yeah yeah and it's not it's not a statement on the entirety of who you are and what you're doing because I think that's the danger isn't it when there's anything that gives us constant feedback it's so easy to apply so much meaning and I and I think I've just Instagram has changed my life in so many ways but in one way it's really helped with my people pleasing or helped me address my people pleasing because I just don't feel like I can be there in at all a healthy way if I'm trying to please people, because you can't, like you literally can't, you'll change some people's lives and you'll piss some people off. And some people will find you annoying. Some people will find your face annoying. Some people will find your voice annoying. And that is my face. That is my voice. These are my words. You are so free to come and engage, come and let it change you or not. And, and that is, that's honestly, that's been life changing for me because you can apply that to life. And it's just made me care less in a way. I care a lot, but I care a lot about what I'm putting out for those people whom it's touching. Everyone else is so free to take what they want, to go, to stay, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> 100%, <laughs> yeah. Did everything really blow up numbers-wise? I mean, it, you've got 160,000 people following you on Instagram, Anna. Do you feel, does that bring pressure with it? Or do you have the same, have you reached the same zen-like place around that does it bring pressure I think when you actually think about the numbers number one I know that not that many people are actually engaging or watching my stories or like reading my posts and some people will just swipe past me so it's not that many people that are actually engaged ever is it to actually imagine that many people is is wild isn't it you know I might think oh my story views are this it's both a privilege and a responsibility I have a responsibility right those people are there I have a responsibility I have this platform and I feel that I have a responsibility to use it well 
and often when you're talking about when you're talking about mental health as well and you're speaking to mums you know there are so many vulnerable people within that so I've had to be really strong with my boundaries around how I engage with people and that's been challenged and changed over over the years really as I've realized quite what that responsibility means so yes I don't know but if I think about all those people that are watching my stories it just makes me feel incredibly privileged to have to be in this position where I can speak hopefully words of compassion and insight into people's lives and honestly as a therapist and as a a fellow mum that if I can help someone be kinder towards themselves because they feel less shame around what is actually a fairly normal motherhood feeling but has been made taboo then then wow what an unbelievable privilege and I take that you know I want to take that seriously my heart really went out to new mums or parents in general over the course of the pandemic because if it hadn't have been for my real life meetups NCT groups baby bounce uh, leisure centre I think I probably would have like gone under after I had my first child I found it a massive shock you've started the mother mind way online was that partly inspired by the fact that people couldn't get out in real life or do you think we just do these things online now find our people support one another so kind of going back again a few years when I was getting asked all the time, did I do sessions? My answer was no, because I'd never done anything remotely. I'd always sat kind of opposite someone in a chair. But knowing that actually I was spending so much time on this platform, not earning any money from it. So it was. It, but then it kind of grew so much the fact that I then would pay for half, half a day of childcare and then a day of childcare so that I could kind of create, you know, just write things and answer messages and start creating things so I was essentially kind of yeah I was spending money on childcare, but I wasn't getting any money back so I thought well there's got there's got to be a way for me to break even on this so I started doing these one-to-one coaching sessions which were just phone calls 30 minutes or an hour and just speaking to people on the phone and just helping them make these connections and just giving them some onward referrals. And the way that I work therapeutically is on two levels. I'm often kind of, I'm psychodynamic, so I'm more very much about like, tell me about your father. Um, but then I'm also quite kind of solution focused. So I will give tips and I'm quite very, I don't know, it's very conversational, quite dynamic. And that worked really well in this format. So I started to be able to pay my way for childcare. And then I've always written kind of notes at work and kind of guide notes around talks and reading notes and stuff. And I thought, I want to write something. I wrote this poem called uh, Nice Girl. And it was about, essentially, it was about people pleasing. It was about the impacts of people pleasing on my life. I put it out there. I just put this poem on my blog, I think. And it got loads of response and people saying, I just, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm, I totally relate. People pleasing really holds me back. So I wrote a course and I launched it on a platform. I can't remember what it was called. I think it was Teachable or something to make it cheaper because it wasn't, it wasn't cheap to run it on that platform. I then produced it as a PDF. And then that's when I started kind of Yeah, being able to provide what I felt were really affordable but useful resources through social media to then cover the costs that 
went into it. And moving forward, I then did the reframe anxiety course. I've done like the week on worth course and then actually books came out of these. So that's a whole nother story of how that came about. I started realizing that actually I I can with a camera, I can I can talk in front of the camera and put things out for people or I can do webinars and I can I can help more people for cheaper, you know, for them to make things accessible. And I can help a lot of people more than I can do if I'm spending four hours on the phone doing seeing clients doing coaching sessions so I started providing yeah kind of different resources and doing what I called these sofa sessions where I would just sit and talk for 45 minutes an hour on a topic like mum guilt or different phobias or health anxiety things that I'm always talking about but I could go in a bit more depth and I could sell tickets for that and in the pandemic I remember sitting there with my friend who'd had her baby in the first lockdown and she was telling me about how she hadn't seen the midwife and she hadn't you know done any kind of parenting or baby groups or she was just feeling quite isolated and I just I get these thoughts and my mind runs wild and I'm like I've got to do something Hannah I've got to do something what can I do what can I do so then I launched the lockdown mums course which was four weeks four hours and it was free um or like a donation and I hardly made any money I didn't even really cover the cost because of course if you're going to offer something for free or a donation the majority of people did it for free but that was that was fine and it went out that was consumed by over 10,000 mums just yeah yeah and uh, you know what I just this is the amazing thing think of the help think of all this is it and this is the privilege this is the absolute privilege and I feel like I've been gifted this platform which let me tell you it as you know it is not in one way it's it's a privilege and a gift but it's an enormous like time consuming thing so it kind of is a two-way street it's both a gift and a privilege but also a huge amount of work behind the scenes that people who don't have Instagram accounts probably you know aren't aware of quite what goes into it and what's behind those scenes in the dark sides and all of that but yeah I just thought man this is just the most amazing thing to be able to essentially go into the living rooms of these mums who haven't spoken to midwives who haven't made friends and talk to them about you know just all of those feelings those anxieties the guilt the exhaustion the the conflicting feelings that we have in motherhood and just be that hopefully that dose of kind of real therapeutic compassion that we get in bits from friends and midwives and you know health visitors hopefully you must have got some unbelievable feedback I imagine at that time yeah and it it's funny because I think I do get really lovely kind feedback and I was trying to explain this to my therapist the other day I was like I, I I'm so passionate about what I do you can get negative feedback. And if we're going to say, right, negative feedback isn't a statement of how good a person you are. It's not a statement of whether you're worthy of good things or love. Then I also feel like good feedback, it's yes, affirming that you're doing the right thing, but it doesn't, like when I get good feedback, I, I think, oh, that's so lovely. I'm so pleased that that helped them. But it doesn't make me feel like a better person. It doesn't make me feel a better person. So I'm kind of like weirdly disconnected. I remember crying the whole day my first book came out, The Mind, o- the Mind Over Mother. And it was because I just felt so weird, like all of this attention and focus and kind words were coming towards me. And I felt like saying, don't look at, don't look at me, look at the book. Like read the words, don't, but don't, 
Like all of that kind of attention was so like, oh, squirmingly uncomfortable. Because I was like, I am not better than anyone else. I'm not amazing. It's, I've, I've got this gift. And actually, I think my mum's a beautiful, articulate, passionate, skilled writer. Just not in any way that we've ever learned. And my grandpa, he wrote the most beautiful poems in a, in a similar kind of style to the way, poetic way that I write. I feel like it's this thing that has been given to me through generations. I have got the honour of having this way of writing that I love. And it's just, I'm just using it in a way that I feel I can, right? It's not, it's something that's been given to me. It is not me. It's weird. I have this weird disconnection between what I do and who I am. It doesn't make me a better person. I'm so pleased I can help people, but that doesn't make me feel better about myself. That's like separate. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I've read something that you've written about this before. And it does make total sense that if you're not going to allow the negative stuff to be about you, then you have to disassociate yourself from the positive as well. And I do really, I'm really into the idea of of separating like at the moment I'm in a sales period which can be an awful kind of trigger for like horrible self-talk and things like that so I'm really trying to separate myself from selling messages and treat it as an experiment and people that buy things buy things because they need them and people that don't it's because not because I'm crap or the thing is crap it's because it's not right for them at the moment and so I I do know what you mean and I think it's really good food for thought. I think there'll be lots of therapists or people in similar work listening to you, Anna, thinking, wow, perhaps this is something I could tap into for my career, my income to spread the word. If somebody's listening and they'd like to start doing social sharing more effectively in your space, what would you suggest? Write and communicate in a way that fits with you. The more I've ever tried the harder it's ever been. And I just feel like if I write a post, like last night I wrote a post after just a crazy day and I was just, oh my gosh, it would have been so hard and I'm trying not to drink that much at the moment. So my natural thing would have been like, just give me a gin, but I didn't. And I just wrote my feelings down and it was all about the con- the conflicts in motherhood of like, I want to hold them close and I want to run away and I love them and this is amazing and this is hard and it's messy and I'm confident and I'm anxious and it's all of these kind of polarities of feelings of motherhood and I just write that down you know on the sofa and it and it did really well this post I looked this morning and it done really well and but then there have been other times when I've thought oh I've got to post something and I've curated something and it hasn't come from you know it's come from a more like head place than a heart place and those things just always get responded to you very differently so I just think it's really hard to to be on social media if you're trying to be anything other than what communicating in a way that kind of comes fairly naturally for you. I only really grow because people share my words um, and they they comment on them and then they save them. And, and that's, you know, I love it when people save my words. I think, well, I hope that's something for them to come back to. I hope it can help them again. So, yeah, I mean, for me it would be to recommend that communicate in a way that is ethical as a therapist you know it is right you have to go through to really think whether how much of yourself do you want to bring into it do you it's unusual I think to have a therapist who brings so much of her personal experience but my 
my stance is that on Instagram, I on my Instagram, when I'm writing, I'm not writing as the therapist. I'm writing as the therapist mum. I'm a mum who happens to be a therapist. I'm I'm applying this stuff to my life. And this is my observations of my life. I'm not there telling everyone kind of this is how it works and this is how to do it. I do a lot more formal kind of talks and stuff where it, I am coming more from that place. But I'm someone who has always brought my own experience into this space, but weirdly not in a therapy session. I don't do that. It's not the way I work clinically. So it's just been really interesting. I didn't really know that you could be a therapist online and talk about yourself. I thought it would have to be kind of diagrams and, and, you know, research and, and facts and stuff. So it's been a journey for me. And my, yeah, my recommendation would be to, to write or communicate from that place that is authentic and ethical in a way that you work. It's difficult not to force it. I think when you're feeling self-conscious, it doesn't come naturally to you. You're feeling like, oh my gosh, I should be on Instagram. I should be doing this, that and the other. But if you can start to write and start to talk, I think you can, I think almost anybody can find their voice, but it does take perhaps pushing through more for some than others uh the awkwardness and you know I think maybe with therapy there's a more old school attitude that it like it is a behind the scenes thing I don't know um Mm. you talk about Instagram really positively as an overwhelmingly positive experience for you do you see the dark sides does any of that come into your inbox yeah very luckily not because I I feel generally people see the heart behind what I do and there have been the odd comments here and there and I've really found myself having to go through that process of you know trying to separate out again what is me what is them and I'm I'm very privileged in my job to have that kind of insight of people's behind the scenes so I I have that insight of where so much of this comes so much of kind of the 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 horrible perhaps comments come from or the things that aren't maybe worded in the nicest way I think it's so easy then to hone in on those and give them so much power and actually and just you know it's like that old you know you'll always remember the bad things people say and then you can completely lose sight of the good but I've got a little folder on my phone where I keep um some screenshots I'm, I haven't added any for, for kind of a couple of years really a screenshots of people's dms of how my words have helped them and that just helps me just kind of flicking through a couple of those helps me just widen my vision again rather than just kind of honing into that one bit of negative feedback and and I have to accept like yeah there are going to be people that don't like what I do that don't like me that don't like how I do it that's just how it is and and I've got I've had to come to terms with that I've had to come to terms with the fact that people won't like me and and that isn't that isn't the entirety of that isn't a statement about who I am there are people that do so therefore I'm clearly likable my family love me I can go back to that you know and they see all of me and I think it's yeah it's just kind of shifting your focus a bit and as you were saying about growth and stuff I think you know it's so again it's so easy to get caught up in the numbers and sometimes we have to if that's our business like we we kind of you know there does have to be a focus on numbers and growth but if your post is liked or often people go past stuff and don't even like it they might read it if it's only liked say by like 20 people then if if we did something in life that made 20 people feel differently aside from Instagram I mean how amazing would we feel to think wow I've just said something or done something that has changed 
something for that person. Maybe the course of their day, maybe their mood, maybe their mindset. Like We would value that so much, but on Instagram, it's so distorted, isn't it? We think, oh, that's only 20 likes. Oh. And it's like we're just devaluing the person behind that and devaluing the impact and the value of what that might be for them. Like, that is amazing. It's looking over the shoulder of the people who are there and who are switched on towards, like, the shiny new people on the other side. And that's not actually where real change happens, either for, you know, your account, for yourself, for the other people. What's next for you, Anna? Are you really focused on mother mind at the moment tell us about it okay so this came from again just a a thought and a desire actually the heart is to for me change is just to equip mums in a way that I don't think we really get equipped like in the in all the courses we often do before we have babies we learn about kind of different feeding positions and labor breathing but you know I I my heart is to give people the tools to to understand what intrusive thoughts are so that when they have visions of dropping their baby down the stairs when they're sleep deprived and their baby's four weeks old you know they're not then thinking oh my gosh what is wrong with me I can't tell anyone about that they'll take my baby away this is horrendous who I don't deserve this baby and then suddenly people are in this spiral of shame because they have very normal fears and anxieties and and I think we're just not given the tools to know what is normal and to have compassion so shame creeps in and then we do all of these different things to try and protect ourselves from judgment and out of fear and we grab onto all of these different cope mechanisms and it might be silence like literally just not telling people what's going on for you or it might be comparison of just looking at other people and thinking well they got it so much more figured out than me I'm not doing very well and I think yeah that's my my desire was to kind of collect a load of resources together where people, like a bit of a one-stop shop where people could go and get something to help them find insight and compassion. And then the membership, really, Kate, who I work with, who used to run Cheltenham Mama, and she is amazing. Oh, my goodness. And she said, well, have you thought about doing a membership? Because I wanted to do this postnatal guide that would just really walk mums through those turbulent kind of crazy few like first year after having a baby and really talk to them about the health anxiety and the feelings of like boredom and loneliness and you know all of all that came with it and just give them some tips and some compassion and some insight and then she said have you thought about doing a membership and I hadn't yeah it's become like the main part of the mother mind way really we've got about 180 members there now so it's all about the mum it's not about equipping people for parenting or being better it's about nurturing the mum so we have like nutritionists and different therapists teaching different techniques and like exercise people meditation we have a whole host of different professionals there each week oh very cool Anna may it go from strength to strength I'm feeling really inspired by what you can do with an online audience I think it's it's kind of an amazing thing I really appreciate your time and your thoughts and your wisdom and your honesty it's been brilliant oh thank you so much for having me I hope it was helpful it's been lovely to chat so I have popped a link to the mother mind way membership into the show notes if that's something that you might be interested in joining audiences like Anna's bring opportunity they really do they take time to build and just like Anna the thing people 
could find most valuable about you, the most valuable thing that you know and stuff you can talk about could be just the things you're not talking about yet. Think of that. What are you holding back on? I love you for listening. If you subscribe, you'll get a notification when a new episode comes out. And if you have time to share a five-star review on iTunes, it really does help others to find the show. I'll be back soon. Bye.